0: Hello and welcome. My name is RC Diedrich and you're listening to Your All Set, the radio show about navigating the chaos of the world together. Today's episode Lights Camera Connection. Your All Set is sponsored by All Set. Community, everything, all the time. Download Allset in the app or Google Play Store to join a community of forward-looking thinkers looking to make the world a more efficient and effective place. Offer what you have, get what you need. That's what Allset is all about. And now, back to the show. Today, I'll be speaking with film director Tremaine Hayhoe about his experience maneuvering through the world of moviemaking in addition to his creative process and mentality as an up-and-coming director. I'm continuing my pursuit of understanding the best practices when it comes to navigating the unknown. With that, I'd like to welcome Tremaine to the show. Hi, RC. It's happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, totally. Would you mind offering some uh, background on like who you are and how you got involved in the uh, world of filmmaking?
1: Yeah, sure. Sure, man. So um, I always wanted to make movies ever since I was a kid. I watched Lion King when I was little, and uh, I cried during one of the scenes. I won't give it away. But, uh, um, I, you know, I cried. And then afterwards, I think I was like seven when I watched it. And I was thinking like, why did I just cry to a cartoon? You know, so um, the whole idea of storytelling uh, fascinated me. So, yeah, I just started watching a lot of movies as a kid and then um, started uh, making silly videos when I was in seventh grade, like stop motion Lego videos. Then, yeah, I just graduated, kept making silly videos and uh, never really stopped. So yeah, more or less, I I just kept I kept doing it on my own for fun. And then um, I studied film uh, in college. And right now we just wrapped up my third feature film. It's called The Bachelor Party Episode Two. It's a wonderful lifestyle. The Rise of Showstopper. Uh, It's an over the top comedy parody movie that will be out on Prime this summer. So um, I'm excited about that. Awesome. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, totally. And so what what are the like themes of your movies or, or do they have themes across the board of like types of movies that you make? I guess uh, do you reside within a genre?
1: You know, I, I don't. I started off as horror. Um, I started off, I made a movie called Rideshare and uh, that came out on Prime uh, two years ago. And that was received really well. I think a lot of first time filmmakers, you know, doing doing a lot of research on on first time. Uh, directors and filmmakers and stuff, a lot of them started off in the horror genre, um, mm-hmm. I think, because it's a bit more of a forgiving genre, I think. So, a lot of other filmmakers, uh, I mean, I'm not comparing myself to these other filmmakers, but um, people like Peter Jackson, uh, Steven Spielberg, uh, James Cameron, they all started off at uh, making horror, like uh, their
0: first movies being a, like a horror. Type movie, so hmm, that's interesting. I didn't, I never knew that at all. But so, so yeah, so you started out with horror, but now, uh, do you like what other genres have you dabbled in?
1: The last two have been comedies. They've been over-the-top parody comedies, to be exact. So um, that's quite a 180, going from like a yeah. uh, suspense, horror, thriller type. Well, that was more of a dark, it was a dark comedy as well with Ride Share. But um, uh, yeah, The Bachelor Party episode two is an over-the-top parody of The Bachelor, Mission Impossible and uh star wars and it's a wonderful life so
0: it's quite a oh, wow wow yeah. <laughs> yes that's really cool yeah thank you yeah, yeah so so you're you started out in thriller now comedy and then if you don't mind me asking what's next are you going to stay in comedy for a while and continue to work on that
1: you know i might go back to horror for a second yeah my my next movie um i started the script uh we're not we're not super far in only about 20 pages or so but um yeah, that's that's more of a, a, a dark comedy suspense. So i kind of going back to that one. Yeah. But yeah, all, all genres. Um, you know, I I made uh, a bunch of YouTube videos as as well. Like, you know, back in the day, I started off when, when YouTube came out I made a bunch of silly videos and then um, got a job in L.A. making YouTube videos professionally at a company that that worked with a lot of top YouTubers. So it's kind of where I cut a lot of my teeth. So I, I, I've made a bunch of different. I mean, dude, you name it like from regular music videos to parody videos, to beauty guru videos, to uh, anything. So I don't I don't really want to limit myself to, you know, to a couple of genres, but- um, Yeah,
0: that makes sense, totally. So like, it sounds like you you got into the filmmaking when you were young and then really just kind of have ridden out the course. Have you ever had any kind of doubt that filmmaking is not what you were put on this earth to do?
1: Well, not from me, <laughs> no, you know, I, I never really, you know, I always wanted to do it and I was always like, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder cause, cause if this, if that's what, what you want to do? It's like, you tell people, you tell friends like, Oh, that's cool. That's nice. And like, well, so what do you really want to do? Like, come on, Tremaine, like what do you really want to do? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, I want to do film. Like, you know, and then, um, I was in college, like studying film. And then people were like, Oh, Tremaine, are you, are you, are you still trying to do the whole film thing? You know? And it's like, it's always the film thing, right? There's it's never like, are you trying to make movies? Are you trying to make, it's like, are you trying to do the whole film thing? I'm like, Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, make movies. Yes. That's what I'm trying to do. So, yeah. And, and of course, I didn't want to go to college at all. Like straight out of high school, I just wanted to make movies. Um, but my parents are like, no, you know, you should just go, just go to college
0: and then you could always try to make movies after. So, did you, I thought you went to school for filmmaking, though? Is it?
1: Yeah, I did. I mean, I, I went, that's why I went. But, but like, uh, yeah, I mean, the first college I went to, I went to Cal State Monterey Bay. I basically, I, I, I wanted to go there because it had the biggest green screen north of Hollywood. That's what that's kind of how they sold it. And uh, yeah. and I got there, and like half the buildings were abandoned. People were a little bit too weird, even for me, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, and yeah. so I, I kind of got out of there. I went, I went, I left there. I went to community college for two years, and then um graduate then transferred to San Diego State. I applied to like I, I worked at a TV station down there, the public broadcasting station uh, called KPBS. So shout out to all the KPBS people out there. So I was a student assistant. I was working um, camera, telepro- you know teleprompter uh, for their weekly show and then also doing office paperwork in the week and, and everything. So, yeah, being in, the, in on the inside of a TV studio like that actually was probably one of the best educations I could have gotten. And then I went to apply to the film school. Uh, I had the grades for it. I had uh, a whole portfolio. I had all these music videos that I'd done. I had short films that I'd done. I had a letter of recommendation from the president of KPBS, like mm-hmm. a raving. Wow. And, and like KPBS is like the one of the top. You know, it's like the top thing at San Diego State. But my grades were a little bit over a three zero, and like the three zero was like the minimum that you needed to have to apply to film school. I got denied because my grades weren't good enough. There were other kids that had about like a three seven or 4. Mm, 0. Gotcha. zero experience, zero TV stuff. But they got into the film program because their grades were better. So I was so pissed off, man. Like I, I was so mad yeah, <laughs> and like so. Yeah, so I, I was actually yeah, denied from the film program. So I basically, you know, I had like a film critics degree or some crap. It's, it's a it's a bachelor science degree or a B.S. degree. Uh, like I like to call it <laughs> so um, but the thing is that doesn't mean that my education was was BS because I worked at KPBS uh, I, I learned all the actual practical things and then I also volunteered to Uh, to be on set. So all the kids thought that I was in the the film program because I volunteered to be on everyone's set because I just wanted to Mm -hmm. learn. Yeah. Okay, cool. But I think that's
0: a good way to, you know, get your experience if you, you know, couldn't make that happen. And it's also really interesting too. I think that you mentioned like the grades kind of outweighing your experience. A lot of, I think, you know, I've noticed that kind of across the board is like a lot of our economic system and our uh, education system like values, these numbers instead of like valuing like the experience that you have or just like that background.
1: Yeah. It's like, it's like, I always like to relate it to basketball. So it's like, it's like saying, Oh, you know, did you pass the, the backs, the basketball exam? It's like, well, no, but I could 360 dunk a basketball. You know, it's like, well, yeah. sorry, guys, th- th- that's not good enough. You're, you're going to have to take the written exam on how to dribble a basketball and pass that first. It's like it makes no sense, like especially when you're when it's filmmaking, it's all practical knowledge, like like stuff that you actually have to do. And you have to have an end result, which is a film. And if you ha- if you if, if all you can do is take a test, then you're not going to get very far in the film industry, uh, much like, you know, you could be you know you, you could have all the basketball knowledge uh in the world and know every single rule and know every single player from you know when basketball was created but if you can't dribble a basketball if you can't if you can't shoot a basketball then you're useless on the floor so Right
0: yeah yeah that's a super good point and and hold, I think it's like applicable it's it's very interesting that it's kind of common across different sectors of our of our world definitely um I kind of if you don't mind me asking so you've got am i correct three movies out so far like full length features correct
1: yeah uh, the third one isn't out just yet but but uh the first two in the works are... okay gotcha
0: yeah. so what's like the bigger picture look like are you looking to start like a filmmaking studio in 10 years or like are you looking that far ahead i guess
1: yeah i, I am yeah so so heyo studios it's always been uh, the end goal for me like making my own movie studio. And, uh, part of the, what, what I was trying to get at earlier making, um, uh, making these different types of genres and movies is that uh, I don't want to be writing and directing every movie. I don't want to be editing every every movie, but I want to, I essentially want to build the largest movie studio in the world. Uh, so yeah, I, I feel like uh, it's time. I've, I, there needs to be a company that makes great movies and makes movies that are completely different, fresh and original. And even if they're p- comedy parody movies, just do something in, in a unique way. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity now. I mean, of course, you know, Netflix, Amazon Prime are doing a lot of cool new things, but there's a lot of big movies studios that, that have been out there for, you know, over 100 years now. And, uh, you know, they're still working on their sequels, reboots and superhero movies that they've been doing for the past 50 years. So I, I think it's time to uh, for some new, fresh Original stories, filmmakers, people that we haven't seen before, people voices that we haven't heard before. Yeah, cool.
0: That's a big. You've said your set your eyes on a on a big prize, but that'll be uh, I guess good to shoot for for sure. That biggest biggest movie studio in the in the world in the world, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm cheering <laughs> for you and thanks happen. And and I guess it's also probably exciting because you're kind of right at the beginning stages with just a couple of movies out now, and pretty soon, I mean, you I'm sure you'll have a collection and be working with new artists and new actors and the whole, the whole thing.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah. Every, every single one, you know, counts. So every single movie, you know, gets me closer there to there. And, uh, yeah. So I I think there's a lot of filmmakers and storytellers out there. So if you guys are, if you guys are listening and you guys have a cool story, I'm looking to, keep making more movies. Yeah. What
0: would you offer to people that are perhaps listening to this that are interested in filmmaking? And like, I guess you as someone who went through and just, you know, knew that that's what you wanted to do. And also maybe ate some of the criticism and doubt that um, I guess just comes with that, you know, profession. What would you offer to people that are, uh, you know, figuring that out for themselves now?
1: Yeah, man. Well, for one thing, you just got to do it. You know, you you just got to go out there and get the practice and, and not feel like you're above anyone or anything. I, I think a lot of times, a lot of first time filmmakers do the amount of people in at film school that spent like $20,000 on, you know, they maxed out their credit cards or they, they borrowed money from mommy and daddy and they made a 10 minute long short film about being dumped, uh, you, you know, by mm-hmm. their girlfriend and they're sitting in the corner crying You know, it's like the worst pieces of crap, films. you know, it's like instead of that, like take that 20K, like buy a lot of equipment and just keep making a bunch of movies. And and like, you know, don't don't be afraid to suck too. like your first movies, like my first movie rideshare. I've heard everything from like the the greatest cult classic horror film in the best in the past decade to like the worst movie of 2018. So, you know, you got to like you got to take uh, the good with the bad. And I'm like, Hey, well, this is my first movie, so I'm not, uh, uh, it shouldn't be the best movie, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, in,
1: right. you know, so, uh, yeah, I guess don't be afraid to fail. Uh, keep doing it. Um, uh, when you're starting out at least don't be afraid to work for free, you know, don't be afraid. Don't be above, like, don't be trying to like get all this money right off the bat when you don't even know what, what, what the heck you're doing um but at the same time like once you get good at it then start charging people and then start making money from it and uh, don't let people take advantage of you and That's yeah cool. make a lot make a lot of friends like have a have a good time and and just keep going there's a lot
0: of um like what's worked out for you been like those connections and I, I, I guess you always hear like it's about who you know it's about who you know has has that been true for you
1: god dude i hate when people say that man it's like i'm so like when people, oh, it's all about who, you know, you know, it's like, dude, that's not true. It's like I, I say, OK, it's it, it's it's not about who you like. When I moved to L.A., I knew two people. One guy was one guy was like trying to be an actor, but he wasn't really doing much. And then my other friend was was a was a pre was a med student. So two two friends that had no relation to any really like what I was doing. He And like the one that was kind of in the industry, he was more of a. uh like a model like trying to do modeling stuff so it you know it's not really about who you know it's it's about who you get to know it's like who you can meet it's not it's not about like yeah it's just because you don't know the person uh doesn't mean you can't get to know them Mm, so it's like Yeah. yeah people think that that like oh you just have to be born into the industry or you have to have a Unc, rich uncle who can write you a check for a million dollars. You know, it's like, that's not true. It's like you you could just have, if you have the passion and the fire and you meet people and you meet like minded individuals, you'll eventually make those connections. So, you know, don't be afraid. Even if you don't know anyone, if you have zero connections to Hollywood, if you live in Timbuktu, that doesn't mean that you can't like, t- like today in the 21st century, we've got, you know, we've, <laughs> we've got podcasts like this. We've got YouTube. You've got so many different avenues. And outlets to share your messages, share your story. And as a filmmaker, you have zero excuses now, man. You can shoot a movie on your phone, you know. You, you can upload it to YouTube on, you know, on cell service. You can go to the library for Wi-Fi for free. There's literally no excuses. Like if you have no money, that doesn't matter. You can still make a movie. You have to be resourceful. You have to, uh, you know, work hard and and yeah. You
0: know, It seems like you don't want to play the passive the passive role of like, oh, I don't know anybody and and just kind of change that mindset to the idea of, oh, I can go meet people.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, there's especially with movies, like there's a lot of other people that want to make movies. There's a lot of people that are willing to to work or they're willing to showcase their talents uh, even for free. It's like but you don't want to take advantage of people in that regard. Just like making them work for you for yeah, free. Yeah. But, but like if you're working together on a project and no one's really getting paid, but everyone's excited about the project, like that's, that's where you start, man. And And like a lot of those, relationships like i told you how i didn't want to go to college i was actually blessed that i even went to that i went to college because i met a lot of the filmmaker friends that uh, i still stay in touch with and uh, for example one of the friends that i met at san diego state he became the director of photography for rideshare and uh, you know i have a handful of other filmmaker friends that that uh, are doing uh, real work in LA and, and, everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy, you know, to, you make those friends and connections and, it's, and, and, you know, college is a fun time to just kind of, you know, let loose. And even though I kind of wanted to jump right into the movies, uh, I probably wasn't ready, you know? So I think, uh, don't be afraid to, uh, yeah, make those friends and kind of share your story and, and, You'll, you'll get support yeah, uh, out that's there.
0: That's great. I, I personally, I'm 18 years old now. i actually about to be 19 in just a couple of days here. Um, but I I was about to go to college this past year, but I ended up um, bypassing that. So I haven't experienced it yet, but I am looking at um, colleges abroad this next year so. I will be getting some kind of college uh, experience in the next couple of years, definitely.
1: Wow, that's interesting, man. So what what made you want to, uh, is it like a gap year or? or...
0: It was kind of a, um, I realized that I was going down to do something that I didn't want to do. So it was kind of almost like an anti, like I was like, that, okay, that path that I wanted to follow is actually not, I didn't really choose that for myself. And that had kind of been handed to me. And almost, you know, I was led down this path. And, and I don't necessarily think it was a bad thing, but um by, <clears throat> pardon me, by teachers and parents and just the all society and school and everything um, kind of says like, hey, you know, grow up and then go to college. And um, yeah, I just kind of came to the realization that like I hadn't made that decision for myself. And before I uh, put money into that education and I mean, it would have been my parents' money, but I just felt kind of like. I want to make the decision for myself before I uh, commit to that. So I ended up um, taking like the year off and I, I had no intention of going back to college. And um, you know, as time has gone on, I'm, I'm more interested in um, some different options. So that's kind of why I didn't do that.
1: Well, that's cool, man. You know, dude, part of, part of what you, what you're wanting to do is knowing what you don't want to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, yeah, once you know what you don't want to do, then there's you're you're literally wasting your time and like you said your money or your parents money or your money and your time I mean which is like a complete double whammy where you can't get that time back and and uh yeah dude you'd be regretting it for like you know right before I moved to LA I, well I graduated San Diego State in 2010 and like the quote-unquote wise thing for me to do was like oh you know what okay I can move back in with the parents then I could Kind of save money. I can get a job, you know, and I could save some money, and and then I can move to LA. And then I'm like, well, what if I don't ever move to LA? What if I get stuck in a job? And what if I don't ever make the move? So it was like, dude, you know, I had to just go for it. And uh, like I said earlier, I only knew t- like two people, it was crashing on their couches. But like after a couple of months of living in in LA, like I got this job working at the at the YouTube uh, movie studio, which was like a dream come true. So it was like, dude, yeah, stick to what you want to do. And, uh, yeah, if you don't know exactly what you want to do, that's cool, but you're, you're learning and you're knowing what you're not wanting to do and and don't do what you don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So much success. And I mean, at least in the world around me and even in my own life, I've just seen like you got to dive in a lot of times and just kind of I, and last week in our episode, uh, we talked a lot about like just going for the things that scare you are often the things that are going to help you grow. And that fear is often actually a good sign of, uh, you know, going after something that maybe is uh, it's a high goal, like your uh, like your movie theater or your movie studio is like a totally high goal. But if that's I don't know if that scares you at all, but I imagine like, you know, that's a big thing. So I think it's a sign that that's a that's a good direction to go.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, dude, it scares the crap out of me, you know, but, but it's like, but that is, but that's what fuels me, you know, every single time. I mean, every movie project kind of scares me and it, it should, because if it doesn't, if you think it's going to be a walk in the park, then, you know, you're, you're kind of, you're, you're one, you're kind of taking it for granted. And two, you're, you're never, like, you're never going to uh, stop learning. Like, there's always something to learn. There's always another. Avenue to to go down. There's there's so many different aspects, especially something like film, where there's so much to learn, man. And and so education never really stops. So you know, just when you think like, oh yeah, I made a feature film, it's like, dude, no. Like I I applied everything that I learned, even you know, from YouTube videos to music videos to short films to all like the years that I had spent and applied them all to the first movie. And I thought I had learned so much coming up to that, but then after making that first movie. I learned 10 times more, <laughs> more doing doing yeah. that kind of
0: growth. That's a growth, growth mindset, kind of just looking to, to, to grow, but also moving around with confidence. I, I definitely hear what you're saying. So how do you approach like a, a new movie? And and what is your creative process like as a, as a filmmaker who like comes up with, I mean, it, it, okay, first of all, correct me if I'm wrong. Do you come up with these movies kind of from scratch out of your own conscious? So
1: the first movie I did, yeah, like it was uh, uh, the, the first movie I did. This The second two, it was a friend of mine that had this idea. And then he kind of ran it by me and we kind of w- we would bounce ideas off each other. But he wrote the movies. Uh, he wrote the second and third movies. And then I really directed and, and produced them. So it's like, yeah, the, like the Bachelor Party movies are, are they're silly, like over the top comedy parodies. They're kind of like owed to. Uh, a lot of movies because we're just kind of movie fans and, and gotcha everything. so for
0: the ones that you have come up with though like what does that look like like it just the like okay so the rideshare one that, that was one that you did come up with right yes so yes. Like, that just popped in your head or like and and what was it like like developing the idea for a movie i've never i don't know i've never even considered like what that what that takes
1: yeah so right when like i i had been making a like i was working. Doing my company, I was actually uh, my company was partnered with the largest movie studio on on, uh, the West Coast, which was uh, Thunder Studios. I had an office in there, which was really cool. Like I had this whole section, but like I hadn't made a feature film yet. And, you know, I I was that's right before I turned 30. So I'm 30, I'm 33 now, but uh, I was about to turn 30. I'm like, dude, what the hell is my problem? I've always wanted to make movies. I've been in L.A. for uh, five years or seven years at the time. And I'm like, I haven't made my first movie yet. Like, what what is my deal? And uh, and I was like, I was hitting a wall in my business. And like, I was getting, to be honest, I was getting tired of making music videos. I was getting tired of making, working with artists. I was getting tired of making these short little videos or, or whatever. And uh, I, but then my business wasn't doing that, that well either. So I had to do like Uber on the side on the weekends. And so I was doing Uber and uh, I was thinking like, well, I need a, you know, I, I need to make a movie one. Uh, and then two, I knew I was going to do like a horror movie, just kind of like a lot of these first time filmmakers do did in, in their day. And uh, I'm like, well, what if it was a killer rideshare driver, you know, killer, killer Uber driver. Uh, I always kind of took the Alfred Hitchcock method of keeping the locations to a minimum and but being all about the story. And then also I wanted to make something that was time condensed. So like I like a lot of those movies that are either set all in one night or they're set in the span of like a couple hours or kind of real time type stuff. And so I knew I wanted to condense it to like one kind of crazy night. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And, and then also like the dialogue of uh, the people that I would meet that would get in my car, like the movie essentially wrote itself. And then also just kind of living in LA for, for that amount of time. Like I either talked to people or overheard a lot of these conversations that ended up being conversations in the movie. So yeah, like I'd written a full feature script before, but uh, I wanted to do something new. And actually, yeah, so I, I ended up writing the movie, and then, uh, and then I was like, "Well, darn! Like, you know, I haven't. I I, I have to ma- actually raise money for this movie because you, when you're a filmmaker, like, yeah, you start off you're pulling favors, you're getting your best friend to hold the microphone and stuff like that, but you don't want to be doing that. And like, I'd been doing doing it professionally for so long um, that you know, I wanted to raise the money for it. And uh, and I'm like, well, it's just like anything. It's like just it's like anything. Like I learned how to edit or I learned how to produce. Like doesn't mean that I couldn't learn how to raise money. So it was crazy. So I had that idea. And about two days later, I was at a bachelor party and he had a like a one of his good friends from college was there and he knew that I worked on oh, I was working on kind of cool projects and stuff like that. And he goes, hey, hey, he's like, hey, hey, ho, um, are you working on any cool projects i'm like oh yeah man like i'm always working on something cool whatever (laughs) but uh but he's like he's like any like any 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 bigger projects any any movies or or anything like that you know any movies that need. and he goes any movies that might need investors and i'm like um well, why do you ask? He's like, because I'm looking to invest. And so literally two days later, after I had this idea of this, uh, it was literally, it was all, it was literally just a harebrained idea about a killer Uber driver. That was it. You know, I'm like, actually, as a matter of fact, yes, I do have a great idea about, you know, about this killer Uber driver. And I told him a bit about it. I was like, okay, awesome, man. We'll put something together and, you know, show me on Monday. So I was motivated to put together a pitch and I did that. I pitched him and, and then I had my first investor. Then I was like, Hey, I went to my buddy, Chris, like, Hey, Chris, like these guys have invested already. Are you looking to invest? And like a lot of my friends had like we had 30. So a lot of them have had decent jobs and they had like a little bit of money to, to throw around. So, uh, you know, I, I had to be transparent though with them because it's like, you can't, you can't tell anyone, oh yeah, you, you're going to make uh, you're all your money back. You're going to make a million dollars. You know, of course that's what you want to do, but you have to say like, Hey, this money could be lost forever. You have to be completely transparent with them. And I put in a good amount of money of my, you know, a third of the money was, was directly from my pocket. So you have to like be willing to invest in yourself, but, but also know that like, Hey, if I was to try to raise you know, X amount of money, it would take me forever. You want to leverage and look like if people say no, it's like, that's not a big deal, man. Like, don't be afraid. That's an I guess that's another tip. Like, don't be afraid to hear the word no. Hey, it's totally cool. If you don't want to spend if you don't want to spend any money on my movie, like that's totally fine. Like there's, you know, you can't you can't also be like, oh, man, well, screw you guys. You guys don't want to give me, you know, thousands of dollars of your money, of your hard earned money to make a movie, you know. You know, I had a, some of my best friends that had the money that told me no, and, and dude, and that's totally fine. You can't, you know, you, you just keep keep going. So yeah, uh,
0: how much do you how much do you listen to to critics, and also, I guess, relating to the creative process, like when you're making a movie, how much do you think about the viewer as opposed to just like uh, approaching the thing from the from the artistic standpoint?
1: Yeah, so with with ride share, like, so okay, so my goal, like, I want to make big budget Hollywood movies. That's what I want to make. And a lot of uh, in like Alfred Hitchcock is my favorite director, but he was he was definitely artistic, but he was also very Hollywood as well. Also, I love uh, Steven Spielberg, you know, so it's like when I was at college, there were a lot of these film kids and they're like, oh, who do you like? I'm like, you know, I like Alfred Hitchcock and I like Steven Mm -hmm. Spielberg. And there's these kids are like, oh, you like Steven Spielberg? You're like, all he makes are Hollywood movies. I'm like, what, what do you expect? Like, why are you making a movie? If you're making a movie, don't you want people to watch it? Yeah, like, yeah. And then that was something like from from watching a lot of these, uh, like uh, like Steven Spielberg said, he's always thinking about the audience. So it's like with Rideshare, I was thinking, especially with a horror movie, you want to put the audience into the movie so they feel the scares. Like I personally don't find movies that, you know, about like. 20 ghosts that are flying around on Mars. Like, I, I don't find that to be scary because I I just don't exactly relate to that. But something that is, uh, you know, everyone's taken Uber. Everyone's either take, you know, whether you've driven Uber or whether you've ridden on Uber or if, or if you've gotten Uber Eats, like those are prime opportunities for horror. And if you have someone that It's weird. And you're in the car with them, even if you're in the car with them for about 10 minutes. Like I've had these weird experiences, you know, those 10 minutes last forever, you know. So it was like prime for horror. So I'm like, hey, that like I want audiences uh, to relate to it. One. And then when you when you tell people like, you know, like, oh, what's it about? I'm like, oh, it's about a killer ride show driver, killer Uber driver. And they're like, oh, wow. ooh, that's scary. You know, oh, that'd be really freaky. And, And then unfortunately, like something happened and. You know, unfortunately, in, in Michigan, in Kalamazoo, there was a, a guy, an Uber driver that in between rides, he went on like the shooting spree, which is which was terrible, which which that was like, oh, man, you know, I don't want to be putting you know, I don't want to be giving people ideas, you <laughs> yeah, know, true. Like, that's I, a good you know, point. You
0: don't yeah. want to start giving. Yeah, yeah, true. But I guess you can. not You also can't worry about that too much because that really starts to limit your artistic range, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so I was like, well, you know, the amount of movies that have serial killers or, or other stuff, it's like that, that's not really, yeah. Okay. That could technically give people ideas, but you can't let that limit you as well. And, and, and also like, yeah, a better way of looking at it. Like I've had a lot of friends saying like, Oh, actually now I'm more cautious now if I'm in an Uber, if I'm taking the candy from the Uber driver. Yeah, sure.
0: Be safer about the situation. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And, And there have been also, I think, plenty of uh instances where actually bad things have happened in uber so
1: yeah and now it's like almost every day which is which is terrible but um but yeah people need to be careful yeah
0: so uh, what i'm curious as to like as you go into this uh chapter of your life where you're kind of going to continue to pursue this movie um these movie endeavors and i say that in a very serious way though perhaps through your childhood people have um you know kind of scoffed at that what's your mentality like what's your approach what do you wake up and tell yourself in the morning like what is that like for you and yeah what's your what's your plan and moving forward to kind of achieve the uh things that you want to
1: well i think it's just it's just keep going and, and keep finishing um and and working on the next one and and uh uh and never really quit and actually what's cool is is like i guess i what i should have said is like a lot of the people or or you know, even friends of friends or, or whatever, like now they don't really scoff at it anymore. They're more of like asking me like, hey, Tremaine, like what's your next movie? You know, when, when's the next movie coming out? And uh, so those are better questions to be asked. And, and it's kind of like once you do it, it you kind of show people like, oh, wait, he actually did it. You know, and a lot of those people kind of shut up, You know, <laughs> which is really cool. I, I kind of take an approach that I heard about Tom Cruise. Like to, I guess Tom Cruise's assistant was saying how, how he is. And he basically wakes up every morning as if he's never produced or acted in a single thing. So he he's, he's, he kind of looks at every project with fresh eyes and he's excited and, and he never takes every opportunity for granted. So um, yeah, it's, it's really about working uh, what needs to get done. And, and uh, I've got this new story in the works. Um, and then, like I said, the bachelor party episode two, a lot of things that we still have to do before the release there but the, we're super close it'll be on prime uh by the end of next month
0: yeah awesome so you kind of just approach that with that growth mentality where it's like looking kind of with fresh eyes at things and and also being open to making these new connections it sounds like that the connections are very important but don't ever let it you know discourage you because you don't have them is kind of what i'm hearing you say
1: yeah and and learn like see what you've learned what what you did with every movie i've learned something. Well, yeah, which, by the way, there's the song Ratchet by C-True in The Bachelor Party Episode 2. Uh, so that's like the main song of the movie. And he also made the first uh, in the first movie he made. Um, he we had the the song from C-True uh, called California Party with him, Licey J and Snoop Dogg. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, I've heard it. Yeah, yeah you heard that song. Too. Yeah,
1: dude, I love that song, man. So shout out to C True. Um, that's how we got connected on this show.
0: I also got to shout him out. Thank you, thank you, C True, for connecting me to this.
1: And then, yeah, I just want to say, yeah, thanks a lot for having me, RC. And I'll send off and uh, hope you guys are doing awesome. Until next time.
0: With that, I'd like to jump over to our quick quote. Mark Twain writes 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed by the things you didn't do than by the ones you did. So throw off the bow lines, sail away from the safe harbor, catch the trade winds in your sail, explore, dream, discover. Over the course of my recent interviews, I have found fear to be a constant. Everyone is afraid in one way or another, but I have also found that those who are in positive relationships with that fear, those who look fear in the eye and say, I'm coming for you, seem to get to where they want to be. Following the laid out path never takes you somewhere new. So embrace that fear and go forward confidently. Your Allset is sponsored by Allset Community, everything, all the time. Download Allset in the app or Google Play Store to join a community of forward looking thinkers looking to make the world a more efficient and effective place. Offer what you have, get what you need. That's what Allset is all about. And now, back to the show. Speaking with Tremaine was both enjoyable and thought-provoking. He's in the midst of his grind, and I'm excited to see where he's at in the next couple of years. The idea of, it's all about who you know, really stuck out to me in our conversation. We hear that phrase all the time, and yet, it's such a passive and dormant concept. Not knowing people simply means that you haven't met them yet, so never let that idea get in your way. Also, embrace the no and the rejection, because in the end, If you're making something quality and enjoying yourself, it doesn't matter what a few haters say. Not everyone will see your vision, and that's okay. Just keep grinding, just keep going. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you take away some valuable information from today's episode. If you have questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach out using the message feature on the Anchor FM site. My name is R.C. Dietrich, and this has been Your All Set a radio show about navigating the chaos of the world together. Until next time, peace.